0: Welcome into the A to Z Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Householder, joined by Alex Sutton, bringing you your fantasy football content from A to Z. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome into this episode of the 8Z Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm joined by Alex. How are you doing tonight, man?
1: Pretty good, man. Pretty
0: good. We've been talking for the past 20, 30 minutes about what we should do for tonight's show. Um, We've been running through player rankings, and we've done our quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, coming up on the tight ends. Neither of us are feeling too excited about it. So we pivoted last minute and we're going to do a mock draft. Uh, it is draft season. Drafts are starting up this week. People have already been drafting and it's going to really ramp up in the, the next week or two. I know we have our home league draft in September. So I'm very grateful that you move that back for me because I'm going to be on vacation when it was originally scheduled. But we're going to run through one last mock draft for this off season. That way we can give our listeners kind of a one last taste of ADP talk through our picks and why we're making them and see where these, uh, these players are falling in a mock draft before you take on a real draft um, in whatever leagues you play in this year. So we will be posting tight end rankings and those will be up either tomorrow or Saturday. We're recording on Thursday night. Um, We're going to also transition to a Friday release schedule Analytically, we looked at that, and Friday did a lot better than Mondays did. So we're learning and growing with all that. But yeah, we're gonna pivot and do a mock draft tonight. But we will get you tight end rankings. No need to worry. So anything you wanna? How have you been? Like uh, that was a lot right there. So how's Alex Sutton doing?
1: I'm doing all right. You know, uh, didn't get the greatest news of my life today, but dude, I'll survive.
0: Elaborate a little bit, because we could have some connections.
1: Uh, No, I'm all right. Okay, okay, okay. People
0: don't need to know. Dude, people care about you. Well, like speaking of that, you know, like I feel like as a brand, we've kind of been like hiding behind a logo for the past four months, five months, which is crazy. Um, Our social media presence is basically our A to Z FFB logo, and there's nothing like wrong with that. I'm really proud of the logo. It's not overly complicated i like the simple look but that being said you don't really get much of a glimpse of who we are so i do encourage you to check out our website i created a link tree today our website is linked in the link tree and there is an about us section in there they'll give you a little bit of insight you can see what we look like um nothing great for me personally i don't know how you feel like
1: (laughs) i I haven't seen the picture which one did you pick
0: uh, it's you and hannah in uh, costa rica and then I picked one of me and Casey in, we're it was in Muncie, so not quite as cool as yours, but yeah, like you don't know much about us, and that's our bad. But if you're jumping on board with us now, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a really fun climb the past few months, and yeah, we just really appreciate you being on board. So not too much to report, you know, on the personal side. I think we're we're both ready to hop into this mock draft we're actually going to mock draft our home league alex is going to be drafting from 1.2 because he got his ass whipped last year and didn't i'm glad didn't get last he don't didn't even, get last don't even <laughs> freaking say it. yeah i did not get last well he got you were tied for the worst record you just there was some technicality or like, i don't know rate. how
1: i don't know how i should probably be the first pick i I don't know how ESPN did it, but I'm glad they did.
0: It's not your math to worry about. Yeah. I will be drafting from the 1.10. This is a one-keeper league, and we typically do a little bit different roster construction, but for the sake of this mock draft, we are starting with no keepers, and we're going to do – a build of one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, and a kicker and a defense just for Alex. I know I bash on them a lot. So, Al, anything you want to say before we click go here and get on with this mock draft?
1: Now, I do have one question, though. Bring it on. Something I was thinking about my drive home. But if you, if you won the lottery, what's the first big thing you spend money on?
0: Mm. And I have I probably like want a house with like a full-blown like man cave that way I have a place for my drums and like a big like football setup, you know, a place where we could record that's not like in our like my small ass apartment mm-hmm. in your living room, something a little bit more organized, a little bit cooler, but Yeah. I think just a a house, a lot of land and a lot of space for me to do like loud things all the time. What would you spend your money on?
1: I probably just pay off all my debt. Probably the first thing I did. You're so freaking responsible. (laughs) (laughs) Got a lot of it. (laughs) I
0: I hear that, man. Luckily, I moved on from most of my debt, but I still do have quite a few bills staring me in the face. But... Uh, adulthood is a lie so um anyways anything else that was a good question you always throw those curveballs
1: no man that's all i got What's Dude, that?
0: let's go you had texted me and said that my mic was cracking so i hope that these issues get cleared up we're just going to go ahead and click begin draft and see
1: what happens is so. mine cracking when i talk
0: no man you sound crystal clear so it didn't
1: start until you hit, you hit record so well It'll work. Sometimes it doesn't do it, but it only lasts for about 20 seconds.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and begin the mock draft, and we will talk mm-hmm. you through our picks as we make them.
1: So Ooh. <laughs> this
0: is ridiculous. So we're utilizing Sleeper, and we have utilized Sleeper all off season because I, I just enjoy their user interface, their ADP. It's up to date. It's I think Sleeper's fantastic. Hashtag not a sponsor, but. Ezekiel Elliott just went at 1.1. So definitely not what we're used to seeing in a draft and probably not what you'll see in your draft. But for the sake of this mock, we're going to roll with it and see what kind of teams we can build. Al, I think you have a pretty easy choice here.
1: Give me CNC, baby.
0: (sighs) Wild. So I'm on at 110. And as it comes down to me... So Josh Jacobs won at 1.9. That was a player I was really hoping would get back to me at 110. I really, really like Jacobs this year. Um, Joe Mixon is the best available running back. I typically like to draft my running backs early. It's a position I don't like to wait on because you miss out on a lot of like high-end talent. But I'm going to try something out here. I'm going to go wide receiver in the first round. I'm going to take my wide receiver one. Despite the injury news of this week, Devontae Adams um, got a little banged up at practice and he did return. So kind of holding my breath on that. But as far as I know, he's good to go. So with the 1.10, I took Devontae Adams. Following my pick went Joe Mixon, Tyreek Hill, Nick Chubb at 2.1, and then Mahomes at 2.2. And this worked out exactly as I had hoped. I'm going to take Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the 2.3. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire with the Damian Williams opt-out shot up both of our boards into our RB1 territory. And I just really love the upside that Alaire has in Kansas City. And camp news has been insane about Alaire. Like they are just floored by how good he is. So pretty easy pick for me here. I got an RB1 with my overall wide receiver one at my first two picks. So Al, you're back on the clock at 2.11.
1: Dude, it makes me really happy that I traded for Hilaire in uh, our dynasty league.
0: I am so disappointed in that trade.
1: I mean, I basically got the number two and number three overall picks in that track.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Um, real quick, though, before I make my selection, I just want to point out that in the first round, Miles Sanders went one at the eighth spot. I mean, I'm kind of growing on Miles Sanders being like a higher pick, but I did not think... That's not, I did not think he was first round material. That's well, surprising.
0: This past week, Doug Peterson came out and said that Miles Sanders is their guy. So what I've been waiting for all I didn't know that instantly put you in the
1: top five.
0: No, I don't think so. He went at 1.8 in this draft. I don't think that it instantly did. We've been waiting all offseason for them to draft, like not to draft, but to sign Devonta Freeman or another veteran running back that's kind of out there waiting for a team. Um, it could have been Shady McCoy before he signed in Tampa. That was kind of the expectation of the Eagles, and they haven't done that. So the longer they've put off doing that, the higher Miles Sanders has climbed in ranks because there's no one else there competing for him except for Boston Scott. And we still have not seen them draft or sign a another running back to that roster. So that's why Miles Sanders continues to rise combined with the news that um he's going to be quote the guy, but that being said, he did suffer a quote lower body injury and he's weak to weak. So I have no idea what really to expect from Sanders, especially with this injury. So something to keep an eye on. But right now, if he's the only guy in town and they want to use him as a three down back, which he's fully capable of, um, that's why his ADP is here. So I'll go ahead and talk to your next two picks. You went with Godwin and Kittle
1: I really like those picks. At the two eleven, I took Chris Godwin, to wide receiver, in the second round. And then uh, three picks later, I took George Kittle. Um, You know, I usually don't take tight ends that early, but with Travis Kelsey and George Kittle probably being – not probably, I don't think there's any doubt about it, being the top two tight ends, I think you have to jump on them early. They're definitely not going to make it past the third round. So, I mean – Kittle man take the good while the good's getting, you know, or so whatever the saying is. <laughs>
0: That's uh you might that <laughs> up. uh Kittle with Debo Samuel with the broken foot. He's recovering and supposedly on schedule. Mm-hmm. He could be ready for the, the week one, but Jalen Hurd just tore his ACL. So they're down another receiving weapon. Brandon Ayuk right now is slated to be their wide receiver one, and he's a yeah. rookie. Kendrick they just just like
1: JJ Nelson, yeah. They're Avon Austin. They're like scraping the bottom of the barrel. Speedster guys, but like not guys that are known for being like spectacular wide receivers. Mm-hmm.
0: And George Kittle is the nucleus of that offense. So great pick. He's going to be highly targeted. And if those guys miss, like if Debo Samuel doesn't come back as expected or he gets hurt again, Kittle can make a, a like a serious push for the tight end one this year. So Kittle is a great value at the top of the third round. I really like him there. I mean, you got to really make a choice to commit to an early tight end. So it's going to affect how your draft shakes out later, but you got one of the best tight ends, like hands down. So um, nice pick there. I like Godwin and Kittle quite a bit. So I'm back on the clock. I have Devonte Adams and Ceh so far, and Chris Carson is the top of the board. There's a few wide receivers I'm not overly stoked about, and I don't like to miss out on my running backs. So I'm actually going to take a pick here that I haven't done in a mock yet, but I've really wanted to. I'm going to take Todd Gurley in Atlanta. I think he has a really, really good opportunity this year to see a lot of volume because behind him, you have Brian Hill, Quadri Olison and Ido Smith. Like neither, like none of those guys have proven to be super good or really a threat to like meaningful work. And
1: Has been reported though he's
0: noticeably limping. Well, I saw some videos the other day. He was dancing, so maybe people were all jacked up. I don't know. Like it is something to monitor because his knees are, or his one knee specifically, has been a problem, and that's really why the Rams chose to move on from him. But I love like if he is even a little bit like a high percentage of his old self. Like I don't think he's going to be this guy who gets like 330 touches a season, but. He's in one of the best offenses in the league. One of the most pass happy offenses in the league. And he's a great, great receiving option last year in um, Los Angeles. They just like didn't use him in the passing game. And it made no sense to me. So this year in Atlanta, I think his receiving volume will go up. And if he is available and healthy to that or Mm -hmm. available to the offense, He's going to have amazing opportunities. And the one thing to note, he's only on a one year deal. So the team has no long term commitment or really like need to keep Gurley healthy. They can run him into the ground this year. If he can hold up to the work, they can sign him again. Or he can just, if he crumbles under the workload, they don't have to worry about him next year. So there's not really an incentive to protect their investment because it's only a one year investment. Um, So I'm back on the clock. I'm going to take. Jonathan Taylor. So you can't
1: You some bitch, dude. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, there's a, a few wider. Are you just here. Doing that as or that's
1: just like the guy you could go after because there are plenty of names on here that I would take.
0: So I was looking above at him. I was looking at Juju, um, Calvin Ridley, David Montgomery. I think Jonathan, Ta- I, I have Jonathan Taylor ranked to finish ahead of David Montgomery and Devin Singletary, who are the two running backs currently ahead of Taylor on my board uh, in sleeper. I have Taylor ranked pretty, I don't know, like with all the camp hype, I have him at RB 16.
1: You don't deserve him.
0: I'm taking him, man. I drafted him in almost every single dynasty league. He is one of the best rushers in college football history. He, man, like so fast, so big. And he plays behind one of the best offensive lines in all of football. I think it's just a matter of time before Jonathan Taylor takes over like full workhorse duties in Indianapolis, and that's gonna pay off huge, especially with an older quarterback behind that line. They're gonna want to lean on Taylor and could not pass him up. And I know that you were gonna draft him. So yeah,
1: deserve it. <laughs> the freaking DJ Moore, dude, with two picks before mine. DJ Moore and DK Metcalf, two wide receivers that I'm eyeing in this round.
0: Moore was my other guy. It was more Juju or Jonathan Taylor. So, where are you looking here? Because you are in a tough spot. So, I mean, I'm eyeing wide receivers,
1: and I think. I think. because DK I don't want to take DK Metcalf is one of my options, and so I don't want to take the runner up on that team, Tyler Lockett, just because D I think DK Metcalf is gonna snag a lot of those targets from Tyler Lockett. So I'll tell you what, man. This may be Homer pick, you're going T.Y. Hilton. Is that what no, you're gonna say? <laughs> no, not a homer pick. I mean T.Y. Hilton's probably three games away from blowing his hamstring again. A lot of hype out of camp on this guy um kind of came into his own last year probably an early pick in the fourth round um i'm sure he probably would fall into the fifth but he's blazing uh, dj Chark. i was gonna say you are on the turn here so you could
0: take a safer pick and hope that the the reach falls to you because you don't have a long time to wait i do really like the Chark pick i agree yeah there's a lot of camp buzz this year and rightfully so he blew up last year and him and minshu just have something going there that's pretty special
1: so yeah I they like also it. said um dd westbrook is having a pretty good camp
0: and that's one of the things so uh, back a few weeks the ago wide
1: receivers are i guess burning that secondary but, they got uh, well, that's not the right home about but
0: that secondary sucks they got rid of their best corners um but a few weeks ago when I posted the uh, Terry McLaurin versus DJ Chark poll, one of the things that I don't think a lot of people quite realized is DD Westbrook had over a hundred targets last year. So my defense of Terry McLaurin was there's really no other person that's going to push for a hundred plus targets on that whole team. Or Chark has a guy on his own team that has gotten a hundred plus targets. So, but that being said, like Chark is the clear one there and a favorite amongst many including myself to take that step up this year into that. He's going to push for wide receiver one numbers. I have him just outside of that. I think at, well, he's kind of low. He's a wide receiver 17. So kind of a middling wide receiver two for me, but yeah, definitely the upside there. I like the pick.
1: My next pick, my first pick in the fifth round. Not that I have more than one,
0: but 5.2.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going Robert Woods, man. Uh, I said last week that, you know, Cooper Cup, I had Cooper Cup ranked high, and I think that's going to be because Brian Cooks has been traded to the Texans. You know, you're going to see a lot of his targets go to Cup and Woods. So, I mean, I think Cooper Cup with, don't be shocked if that offense is on the comeback this year. I think they're going to, they're going to be, they're going to strive for big things and, Robert Woods, man, he's a good wide receiver. He's reliable. I mean, he's a fifth round guy. So,
0: yeah. After uh, our wide receiver show last week, you had Cup inside your top twelve. Uh-huh. I had him at twenty five. I actually have moved him up. He is now wide receiver twenty two. So just a few spots. But yeah, it's worth noting. I did move him up, and I want to also note that the rankings, my rankings, are posted on our website. That link is in the leak tree in our bio um, and it's a living document. So every time I make a change to that, you can go to those rankings and see what has been updated from the last time. I might not post a tweet or whatever saying what I did, but it is up to date every time you check it. Um, so I'm back on the clock here at 5.10. My current team, I have Devonte Adams, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Todd Gurley, Jonathan Taylor, So now I'm looking wide receiver. There's Stephon Diggs and Terry McLaurin. And this choice is very easily Terry McLaurin for me. I have him ranked as a wide receiver one. He comes in as my wide receiver 12. So a back end one. But we kind of talked about him with Chark. And I'm glad I get to pick him um, to kind of lay out another case for he's going to have so many targets. There's no one else on the team. Steven Sims is going to be their number two. Antonio Gandy-Golden is going to be their kind of big prototypical outside like red zone threat, but between the twenties, Terry McLaurin is going to get all the looks he can handle. And last year he proved against number one defenses all year that he was more than capable of handling those looks. So really excited about McLaurin heading into year two. And I'm really pissed off because Marquise Brown is who I was going to take here. You know how I just said he could take the safer pick and then get the reach on the way back around. Marquise Brown is going to be my pick and that that sucks. He went at 6.1, so just a couple picks right before me. Um, so that's that's upsetting. But adapt and overcome. I'm on the clock here in the sixth round. Uh, there's a few names here I do enjoy, however. So the top player on the board is Kareem Hunt, and he is intriguing because I was talking with some friends on Twitter today about Nick Chubbs. Kind of Outlook for this season And I have Nick Chubb Pretty low in my own rankings He is at RB 15 And Kareem Hunt is at RB 28 So they kind of eat into each other's Value but I think Chubb is the obvious Starter which is why Hunt's a little bit lower But um, I don't want to take it Kareem Hunt's not on that
1: team though Nick Chubb is an easy
0: Oh he's a top top 8 guy Yeah he's a top 8 guy for sure um, but I'm going to take – like I don't think you can classify Kareem Hunt quite as a handcuff because of the standalone value he has, especially as a receiver, because that's one knock against Chubb is he doesn't catch passes. So I'm going to take Hunt. No, I don't want to because there's guys I have ranked higher. Oh. Christian, this one's for you. Christian from the cut. He's a big Ronald Jones guy. Uh, Ronald Jones has been gaining a lot of traction and steam in camp on Tampa Bay. I took them in the sixth round. That feels way too early, but shout out to Christian. Uh, I hope you like that pick. Al, You're on the clock at 611. Your team currently, you've got McCaffrey. You stole McCaffrey at 1.2. Godwin, George Kittle, DJ Chark, Robert Woods, and you are on the clock again.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you look at my team, I only have one running back, so it's definitely an area that needs to be addressed. Um, And I think with that pick, uh, I'm going, and, you know, he's not going to start the season as a starter, but I think you could see him really eat into the time, or it could even be like uh, when when Mark Ingram was in New Orleans, and you've said this before, where – you know, J.K. Dobbins is just going to be so good that he works his way out of the field, very similar to Kamara. So I think with this pick, I'm taking J.K. Dobbins. Man, Dobbins has
0: really moved up in ADP if he's going in this, the back of the sixth round. I do like the picks. I think his talent is insane, and he's in the perfect offense. So don't mind it. I think it's a little early, um, but this is why we mock draft to see what the trends are. If you're going to be targeting a guy like Dobbins, it looks like you're going to have to pay up a little bit more than you may have thought. So keep that in mind heading into your drafts. Kyle, uh, you're back on the clock at
1: 7.2. Yeah, this is the, I, you know, I'm a middle of the pack guy when it comes to picking quarterbacks um, and we are in the seventh time. round currently. So we are in the middle um, and I'm going to stick with the guy who I think wild take but mark the day and time dude august 20th 2020 at 10:20 p.m. i am predicting in 3 years josh allen will be the mvp in 3 years within 3 years
0: okay i will counter your prediction, and I'll say within three years, Josh Allen will not be the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. You're freaking what? I will you
1: know
0: say I, I'm just being contrarian here.
1: All right. I mean, that's tick. Mark right. the, three years. Bro. Mark
0: the date and time. I haven't thought about it, but I mean, Josh Allen it, this year is going to be big for him. I think this is a big prove it year because I do agree. The past couple of seasons, you can look and say, what has he had to work with? Last year, John Brown is excellent. John Brown's not really a stereo, like a prototypical one for an NFL team. He has Stephon Diggs now, who many say, and I would agree, is a top five route runner in the league. Josh Allen just needs to be accurate, and that's on him. If Diggs is going to get open, it's Josh Allen's job to hit him. And if he can't do that, that's why I think his job might be in a little bit of jeopardy because his completion percentage on his career is not great as a fantasy quarterback, I think Josh Allen's fantastic because he runs so much and he's got a really sporadic play style that he's just really kind of reckless, but gets you those fantasy points and doesn't really care kind of what he has to go through to do it. So fantasy quarter, like Josh Allen's fantastic. He's a top 10 quarterback in fantasy for me. And I think you as well, but NFL quarterback, I think he could be kind of in that Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston realm of just a quarterback that gives a head coach so many headaches. Cause like everything else they've built up around those quarterbacks goes so well for the quarterback to go make a mistake and just derail the whole game plan. Um, the him with
1: Trubisky and Winston is just like the shittiest thing you could have said about a person. And I've committed myself to Josh Allen and nearly every fantasy football league that I'm in. So I thought you were a Drew Locke guy you all oh, drew lock too. I mean, those are top, my, probably my top two guys, but just, you got a good, one for you're st- saying that about Josh Allen kind of is, I mean, in a way you're attacking me as a person and I don't appreciate it.
0: <laughs> you got a good one for fantasy and I did trade you Josh Allen and right. also
1: traded me true lock.
0: Yeah. So I've given you both your guys. You're welcome for that. Um, I wasn't super I also have Mahomes in that league, so I'm not like super worried about those two guys because it's a one quarterback league. So
1: at one point my only quarterback that was worth a shit was Baker Mayfield.
0: You got rid of him to Richard. So yeah, I had to
1: trade. I mean, I traded for my starting quarterbacks now. You're welcome. Appreciate it.
0: So I'm back on the clock at seven ten. There is a name here I really, really like, and that is Tyler Boyd. He's a wide receiver in Cincinnati. We all know the reason I like Tyler Boyd this year is because of what we saw Joe Burrow really lean into at LSU last year. I know college and the NFL. You can't really comp the games but Joe Burrow heavily relied on his slot receiver. Tyler Boyd is a fantastic slot receiver. He's a, a high target volume guy. And last year at LSU, Justin Jefferson had 100 receptions in a shortened college college, not a shortened college season, but the college season plays less games in the NFL. So he's going to have a slot receiver for a 16-game span that's going to see. I have Boyd. Let me see here. I'm going to pull up his projections really quick. So I have Boyd slotted out for 131 targets with over 1,000 yards. So I'm very, very bullish on Boyd. And that's kind of factoring in AJ Green to miss some time. Uh, He's already reportedly hurt at camp. So monitoring a a soft tissue injury. So if it's already happening, it's not looking great for a 31 going on 32 year old receiver who has dealt with injuries for the past three years. So if AJ Green misses time, Boyd becomes like the focal point of the passing attack. And that's definitely something I'm interested in with a, an offense that's going to need to throw to stay in games at all. So, Boyd at seven point ten. I'm back on the clock at.
1: Was Boyd hurt last year?
0: No, I think he played. Let me check. That's a good question
1: because when I mean when Adrian Green got hurt, you saw John Ross step into the spotlight. Is there?
0: John Ross is that big play guy. Who his plays were more exciting? No, Boyd actually played all 16 last year. He had 148 targets and caught 90 for over a thousand yards. And so super productive season. He's just not overly exciting. He scored five touchdowns. So yeah, like Boyd's a super reliable piece, especially this late when you're looking for a guy you can plug and play and know what you're going to get every single week. So yeah, Boyd was a, I was happy to have him here. He is my third wide receiver. So that consistency is exactly what I'm looking for with that spot. So back on the clock at 8.3. It's really thinning out now. There's not a lot that I love on the board. I don't have a quarterback yet, but I'm going to keep waiting and see how that goes for me. Um, we're looking at guys like Matt Breida is the, the top running back available. I don't have a tight end. Hunter Henry is the best available. There's some upside guys I like a little bit later. So I'm going to keep on waiting. I think in this range, I'm going to get my guy who plug transition we are going to do a my guys episode next week and this player will 100% be featured as one of my guys and it's Deontay Johnson and I'll tell you more about him next week I love Deontay Johnson if you followed the Twitter I've talked about him extensively all off season. fantastic player in a fantastic situation so we'll get dig into Johnson next week in the my guys episode but yeah 8.3 it's a bit of a reach. I think his ADP is a little lower right now because the hype is kind of faded, but I will happily reach on what I have is like a hot take. I think he could finish as a top 20 wide receiver this year. So at 8.3, I'm all in.
1: I'm back on the clock with the 11th pick in the eighth round. Um, and again, I'm going to, take a, a run back here just because I I think after this one it's gonna start to thin out pretty heavily um, and with that being said I think it's good it's Phil Lindsay however I mean you got Melvin Gordon there this year yeah, it's gonna be a toss-up as to who who's gonna see the field more and you know how the how the offense is gonna work around them I um, but I think Philip Lindsay out of, you know, you got Tevin Coleman, Philip Lindsay, Sonny Michelle, Atavius Murray, Keyshawn Vaughn. Those are the top four or five. I think out of that group, Phil Lindsay's probably going to be the more productive one.
0: Yeah, we've seen him do it before. He's had back-to-back thousand-yard seasons, and I saw a report out of Broncos Camp today on Twitter said like right now they don't want to commit to picking a starter because both of the players, both Gordon and Lindsay are doing so well in camp. Seen a lot of praise for Lindsay's receiving work and he's hungry. He's fought his entire career from an undrafted free agent to a guy that made the Pro Bowl his rookie year. Um, yeah. I love Lindsay and he's going to keep fighting and scrapping to prove that he is uh, a a real stud in the league coming from a, a UDFA. So yeah, he was who I was probably should have picked over Deontay. But, yeah, I like the pick. I was smart.
1: Then with the second pick in the ninth round, I'm going to go ahead and pick C.D. Lamb, a person I think could, at least towards the end of the season kind of really come into their own in the offense and start to take targets away from Gallup and
0: Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both of those guys are kind of going to be on notice come uh, midseason because CeeDee Lamb's a real deal. So reports out of Dallas camp are very good for Lamb as well. So, yeah, I like that pick. And I am going to – I was hoping that Hayden Hurst would fall, but he went literally right after Lamb. So uh, I'm not a Higby guy. I think that Higby, it's just not there for me. A lot of people are saying Higby is like the next best thing at tight end, but in the games last year, he had four games in a row of 100 plus receiving yards from a tight end position, historic, like not a lot of tight ends have done
1: that. He might be the only one if I can remember. i not right. gonna lie, man. I think uh, one of the people you could see kind of sneak in and the tight end uh, make a name for themselves is Hayden Hurst this year.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude. Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Like he's in our rankings. I think both he'll end up pretty high. I know for my personal rankings, he's tight end six and Hayden Hurst was like, we started our page in April and a couple months before that we were talking about Hayden Hurst in like the silly debate we've had all off season that it got settled once Gronk signed in Tampa. It was Hurst versus OJ Howard. And I've always been team Hurst. And then with Grant coming in, I'll jump the fence. But Hurst is in a fantastic situation. So I really, really like Hayden Hurst. And I might throw an article in with the rankings um, sometime to give a little context to why I have the, my players ranked there. It's kind of up in the air. But again, tight end, there's a few studs and then some breakout guys. And I've talked about Hurst enough in the Twitter feed. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out at A to Z FF, We'd be happy to answer those questions for you. I'm in a weird spot here because there is a guy I was talking about earlier today that I will be reaching on in the 10th round if he gets to me. Uh, that being said, I don't want to reach right now. But I might anyways because it's either reach down for a tight end because I'm not in on Higby or take Antonio Gibson right now instead of at 10.3 and see who falls to me then. So I'll go ahead and take Gibson right now. Gibson is the rookie out of Memphis. We all know he's been kind of one of the hot topics as of late with the Darius guys to release because he's a piece of shit. Um, The reports of Darius guys with the domestic assault, and now the two reported rapes while he was at LSU. Um,
1: If
0: all true, very terrible human.
1: Exactly.
0: That being said, from a fantasy perspective, Gibson is insanely explosive. He had very limited college work, so I understand the hesitation. But we're opening up work for a guy as talented as Gibson. His game film at Memphis, while it was limited, was all so impressive. And he has the same measurables as Jonathan Taylor. He's six foot, about 225, 230 pounds, and ran a 4.39 40-yard dash at that size. So Gibson is so explosive for that size and that speed. And he can catch, too. He actually played wide receiver at Memphis. So Gibson has this really do-it-all skill set in a team that's dying for some weapons, especially at wide receiver, and losing um, Calvin Harmon to an injury. So I love Gibson, his opportunity. He's like the ultimate upside swing and he's going to be on my bench. So I'm not relying on Gibson for anything, but he could easily find himself in my flex spot later in the season. And if someone were to get hurt, like let's say I have Todd Gurley, if his knees flare up and I need to plug and play a guy, if Gibson establishes a role, it's a great piece to have, especially in the ninth round.
1: Dude, Bryce is also getting some love out of camp. Oh,
0: he's getting a lot of love. The only thing... So I've heard a lot of buzz about Love versus Gibson in Dynasty specifically. And a lot... like have, It's very split. So I find myself pretty easily on the Gibson side because he is younger and he also does not have a history of ACL injuries. Bryce Love, his... Uh, I think senior year at Stanford tore his ACLs pretty bad or one of his ACLs pretty bad. And... If he would have come out and declared for the draft his junior year when he was a Heisman finalist, like Bryce Love could be in a totally different conversation. We could be talking about him as like a a high-end RB2 if he ends up on a different team than the Redskins, but that's all like what-ifs. But Gibson is highly explosive. Love has a better college pedigree, but we haven't seen him on an NFL field. And Gibson has health on his side and youth on his side, even if it's just by a year or two. So that's why Eileen Gibson, do you have a, a side there quickly? I'm on the clock. I can make a pick, but do you have anything one side of the other? I don't know that you have any shares of them, but if you had to pick, which one would you pick?
1: Um, you know, I think I'm more, honestly, I think I'm more on the Bryce Love side. Okay. Um, I mean, he was pretty good at Stanford the years he got to start after CMC moved on um, and then just, uh, oh, what's his nuts? Who's your coach there? Uh, Rivera. Yeah. Dude, prayers, you know. up to,
0: prayer's up to Ron Rivera. He was diagnosed with cancer, uh, I think lymphatic cancer, earlier today. So um, just keep some oh, positive vibes for him. I th- He said it's treatable, but still not a situation you want to find yourself in. So anyways. Um,
1: but, no, I mean, you, were, you, you saw what Rivera has done over his career with running backs and, you know, Christian McCaffrey at the beginning of last year before he was slammed out and. I just think you know Bryce Love has the talent of I mean what that's he's got the whole entry thing on his side, but you know what about
0: the guy who Ron Rivera literally comped to Christian McCaffrey and that was Antonio Gibson.
1: That's a good point.
0: High praise and kind of a like why would you do that to me coach situation? Because now an expectation has been set on Gibson because of his coach like really just praising him. But yeah, like Gibson has drawn literal comparisons to Christian McCaffrey from the coach that will have the opportunity to coach both players. Um, But Love is a fantastic player. Like, don't get me wrong. I think there is a valid case for Love, and a lot of people are making that case. He is more experienced in the offense. Like, while he's not played, he's still been in the building and knows the system. Yeah. Even though the system is changing with a new head coach. So... Yeah, I'll just take Gibson. I think the upside intrigues me so much that I don't just I don't see it with love. I think he could be fine. But and then they're still dealing with Adrian Peterson there too, who just somehow is still productive at what 34? We had a decent season last year. Yeah. So and he could honestly end up as like the starting running back. So it could be a three headed monster that really we want no pieces of. But if I'm taking one personally, it's Gibson because he has the most upside. Um, Anyways, I'm running out of time for this pick and I don't really like any of the players staring me in the face. I have Slayton uh, from New York, Daryl Henderson, a few defenses, which I don't quite want to pick yet. Christian Kirk, who is kind of leading my, um, he's at the top of my board and I will go ahead and pick Kirk. I think he has the best quarterback of the aforementioned players, Derek Carr or um, Danny Dimes. I think Kirk in arizona in that area system has a really good chance to see a bunch of targets this year from a quality quarterback and kyler murray so anyways you are on the clock at 10.11 we just have a few rounds left i do want to remind us to draft a kicker a defense in this league
1: yeah so, so with the 11th pick in the 10th round um i think i'm going with my third favorite rookie player this year uh, and that is Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, Minnesota. Um, he fell into the best situation he could have team-wise. I mean, he fits right in the Viking scheme. I think he's going to be real good there in Minnesota. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs had monster targets each year for like the last – Four or five seasons, and of course, he's not going to get that right off the bat. They're probably going to follow the feeling. And uh, Herb Smith
0: yeah. is getting a lot of buzz. Um, Herb Smith about playing outside, even because he's six, two, like 240. He's a huge guy,
1: yeah.
0: So he has, and he's very fast, like he's a physical freak, especially for the tight end position. So there's been a lot of buzz about Smith playing some outside receivers so Jefferson can stay in the slot. So that's yeah. interesting. If but they can I mean Jefferson's
1: still gonna get those targets. So. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, especially if he's in the slot. Like he should be in the slot. And that's why they want to move Irv outside. So it's not like, hey Irv, you're gonna play like big slot and we're gonna put Jefferson outside. Jefferson's built for the slot. He excels there. So if they're tailoring packages and personnel to keep him there, that's huge news. So something to keep an eye on. For both players, really, sorry for that awkward pause, but like if Irv Smith is going to be lined up outside, he's going to see targets as a wide receiver, which is pretty awesome, especially when he's classified as a tight end. So he's got the wheels to do
1: it too, you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. very fast for a tight end, but yep. Um, and then with the second pick in the 11th round, I'm gonna snag John Smith here. I mean, you you mentioned
0: John Smith
1: (laughs) (laughs) watching. <laughs> oh, nice, man. John Brown, dude. Uh, but you mentioned earlier that you know, he's not your typical wide receiver one. But he, I mean, last season he kind of had to step it up for the the Buffalo Bills, and now they have Stephon Diggs there. I mean, it takes a little pressure off John Brown. Uh, I think he could have another good season uh, for picking the eleventh round. I think that's, I mean, that's 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 a great quality pick, personally. I think, but. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, John Brown, yeah, he'll be the two, and I think he's kind of built for more a wider, re- more for a wide receiver two role on an NFL team than he was asked to play last year, being that one. But he still excelled, and he like with Diggs is that technician route runner. So John Brown is still going to be the deep threat for that team, and he's got wheels on him. So yeah, he can still. A defense over the top and get open down the field, and that it's he's gonna have a role clearly defined role in the offense for a huge armed quarterback, Josh Allen, who will not be the starter there within three years. Um, I'm just Sliders. <laughs>
1: Sliders.
0: I'm just just I we just gotta make the bet live. I gotta write these down now. We've quite a few I need to go back and listen for, but I have a few players I'm really torn here because I want to talk about so many players, but I think they're smarter picks to make um i need a tight end still and i need a quarterback still so i don't really have a lot of options in terms of like passing on players
1: do you also need a kicker and a defense i know
0: so i i don't have the opportunity to talk about some of these players so i'm gonna make a pick and then use the my other picks to talk about these other players i want to talk about just because like they deserve some hype Um, So I guess I'll go ahead right now and pick my tight end because I can still wait on quarterback and I'm going to take another shout out to Christian and potentially you as a Jonu Smith guy. I'm going to take Jonu Smith as my tight end uh, in the 11th round. This is fantastic value. And I have Jonu Smith ranked at tight end eight for me. I think he sees fantastic opportunity heading into this year in Tennessee. He could legitimately emerge as the second favorite receiving option we've seen a lot out of Corey Davis and none of it has been that impressive to make us think that he is like a legit two. It could be Smith. He like ten, Tennessee has always kind of heavily utilized their tight ends and their offenses. And Joni Smith is an athletic freak. He's literally lined up and taken snaps at running back. He's gigantic. He's like 6'4, 240 pounds, super fast. And if he leads or not leads if he comes in second or third even for target share on the Tennessee Titans I don't see how top 10 isn't like a guarantee especially with the offensive efficiency we saw last year if we take some of the efficiency away and kind of replace efficiency with volume that could bode boat even better because more opportunities and targets for Smith will be there as well um so gosh I'm at my quarterback and Baker is top of the board, Jared Goff, Kirk cousins, Ryan Tannehill. And then I think I'm actually going to do a sneaky little stack here. I'm going to take Joe Burrow and stack him with Tyler Boyd, who I picked in the seventh round. I had mentioned the slot connection between Burrow and uh, Jefferson and I, I just really like that stack. The other guy I was looking at is Gardner Minshew. He's much farther down the board, but I just love Gardner. I think he's kind of Ryan Fitzpatrick reincarnated, but they're both playing in Florida together, which is fantastic. I had a tweet yesterday. It's like Florida has the best crop of QBs in the league. You got the goat and Brady, Fitz Magic, just pure DGAF mode, week one starter, and then Minshew, who's also like in DGAF mode because are the, are the Jags tanking? Is Minshew going to prove himself as a franchise QB? We don't really know, but it's in the realm of possibilities. Um, so Minshew is a great round quarterback target.
1: With that being said, I have the 11th pick in the 12th round. Um, kicker defense still to go, three picks left. As I look between the two, uh, I think I got to capitalize on the kicker right now and go with Justin Tucker. Mm. Uh, Pretty good kicker, if I do say so myself. So Harrison Bucker again just went off the board. That's my kicker right there. Uh, I know that's your guy, but as I switch back over. I got to do it, man. I got to do it. I believe in them this year. Uh, I like them. I love them. I want some more of them. Oh, my gosh. Indianapolis Colts defense. Let's do it, baby.
0: You know, Is that your first one?
1: That's my first homer pick right Oh, there.
0: my gosh. Yeah. It's yeah. the first draft Alex has made it through since I maybe have known him. It's been six years, seven years where he wasn't just like, Stacking Colts on his fantasy teams.
1: I applaud
0: applaud your discipline. So I'm going to take my defense in this round. There's a a name I can talk about with my last pick. Well, I need a kicker still. I'm going to have to talk about kicker with my last pick. Whatever. But I'm going to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers purely because – Chris Long, who I listen to his podcast every week, says they're phenomenal, and I trust a first round, former first round defensive end when he says the defense is phenomenal. He knows what he's talking about. Um, I, I, I really just do the think the Bucks are super talented. Their defense, honestly, with thirty interceptions from Jameis Winston, what could you have possibly wanted from them last year? They were exhausted all the time. And they still kept them in games and probably won some games for Tampa Bay. So I think Tampa Bay, I actually dropped the Minnesota Vikings defense in our dynasty, league like in favor of the Buccaneers defense. Cause we still started kicker and defense. I'm going to keep that in play for, no, we started a defense only. We dropped the kicker. Um, but yeah, but I picked up the the Bucks and I have the Packers. So that's my Homer pick there, but I did not pick the Packers in this draft. I went with the Buccaneers. I think they're going to be solid, especially with a more efficient quarterback who's less prone to turn the ball over. Tampa Bay can capitalize on some quarterback mistakes, and that's exciting. That's kind of what you want in a defense. So, I am now picking a kicker, and honestly, I can't read the screen because my eyes suck. So, I will go with my homer pick for the draft and just take Mason Crosby because some of these kickers ahead of him, I honestly don't know if they're even on teams still. And for some reason, Crosby's kind of in the middle of the list, but. Crosby's been an incredibly consistent kicker. I think there is a little bit of strategy to kickers. Target good offenses, and those kickers are going to score points. That being said, it's infuriating when you lose to an opponent when their kicker puts up 15 or 20 points. So I understand the kicker hate, and I have pushed to move, remove kickers, but a lot of leagues still play with kickers. That's why we're, we're talking about them. But Al, who's your last pick?
1: My last pick, Mr. Big Quads himself, AJ
0: Zell. Dude, freaking quadzilla there. Yeah, AJ Dillon, I think we've talked about before, he's going to be a problem in the red zone. And he's going to score some touchdowns. I mean, look at him. People cannot stop talking about his legs for good reason. Um, someone on Twitter asked, I think it was um, Blast, They were asking, what's the most interesting camp battle you've seen so far? And I said AJ Dillon's right quad versus AJ Dillon's left quad. As my answer.
1: Good response.
0: And it's kind of true. I mean, camp's kind of a, a weird time to navigate what the hell's going on and then people get injured and all that stuff. So there's been a lot to follow along with, but you can't stop. You can't get on Twitter and scroll very far without seeing pictures of A.J. Dillon in his little short shorts. Um, good for him, man. He's worked hard for them quads. But a couple of the players I wanted to talk about that I didn't get to draft were Brian Edwards. And Chris Herndon and Edwards. I'll start with Edwards because he's been gaining a lot of dude, butt. They don't even
1: talk about Jets players, they all fucking suck,
0: dude. That's why I gotta talk about Chris Herndon because someone no. gotta catch passes there. I almost drafted Jamison Crowder, but then I realized I had to pick a tight end, a quarterback, and then don't, kick don't waste
1: back. your time on Jets players. Jamison
0: Crowder's about to ball out, maybe left bell, but,
1: but I mean, outside of that, don't waste your time.
0: I, I will quickly gloss over, but Brian Edwards has been gaining a lot of hype and i wish that i would have written more things down that i thought about edwards and like published them places because i know i sat there and i'm like oh this sounds stupid there are a few recordings of our podcast from back in june and a couple snippets from an article where i broke down the wide receivers immediately after the draft saying that edwards as the wide receiver one in Oakland would not surprise me at all. Ruggs was drafted at 12th overall pick. It's hard to sit there and say, oh, the 1.12 or this guy in the third round who's coming off a broken foot. Saying at that time, immediately after the draft, that the guy in the third round is going to outperform the guy that was picked 12th overall sounds crazy. So I didn't outright say Edwards will be better than Ruggs. I said it would not surprise me if Edwards is better than Ruggs, and what we've seen in camp so far is Brian Edwards rumored to be starting over Ruggs on first team offensive drills. So it's kind of coming to fruition. Brian Edwards is a freak. He is six foot three, two hundred fifteen pounds. He's phenomenal. His one handed catch, like there's a picture floating around Twitter of him making a catch, and you could see his DBs just staring at him like. Oh my God, like that happened. So that means two things. Brian Edwards is really, really good and target offenses facing the Raiders because they're not going to defend you. They're just going to look at you while you catch a ball. But Edwards is a guy, I think in that article I referenced just a minute ago, I said, could have some late round redraft excitement. He could be one of those second half breakouts similar to his former college teammate, Debo Samuel. So, I I don't know if I'd say draft Edwards. I think the hype will kind of fade as we get to kickoff, but he's going to be a guy that's on your waivers that you should absolutely keep an eye on week one. See if he's on the field. If he's starting, stash him. He's going to be phenomenal. So drop one of your later round guys that you kind of took a dart throw on and stash a guy like Edwards who could pay off with huge upside. And Chris Herndon, you said the Jets all suck. Um, That being said, there's... they they're pretty bad, and I think their coach doesn't make things easier for them. So until Gase is gone, I think there's talent there, but Gase kind of drives that ship, and he's kind of just driving it over a bunch of rocks. So someone's going to catch passes there. Denzel Mims already dealing with the hamstring, so it's going to be Jamison Crowder and Chris Herndon. Herndon, as a rookie, was phenomenal, and then his second year think was that last year? I don't know. He's still really young, phenomenal talent. And all the buzz out of jets camp is that he's been involved heavily every single day, targeted in all the drills, all the seven on sevens and full contact practices. Like Darnold is looking for Herndon. And last year we saw Ryan Griffin kind of Excel and earn himself a contract extension. But Herndon is the guy they would like to start there. He's much more athletic than Ryan Griffin. So, a late round tight end that could turn into a weekly starter at a a position where you're either streaming it or you have like a bona fide stud or a guy you really believe in. Like I have in Smith, I think he could be a weekly starter, but he could not. And I might be streaming and Herndon's a guy that I could look as an option to play every single week. So if you have bench space or if you just totally punt tight end to like one of your last picks, Herndon's a guy to keep an eye on. That's all. I don't think you have to reach on him. He's not going to finish up like near Ertz, Andrews, any of those guys. Um, but he has top 10 potential based on how the offense is supposedly going to use him. So Al, is there any other players you didn't quite get to, to pick that you want to touch on? Or are you good? You want to run through our teams really quick?
1: Uh, we can run through our teams really quick. I mean, right. their team, the person that. I mean, instantly comes to mind without scrolling through a list is, uh, Michael Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, well, I mean, he's on the grace team probably ever created, but, uh, you know, he's got Phyllis river throwing the ball this year. Uh, as he's finally a piece in the office, the Colts have needed for, I don't know, probably the last eight years, probably longer. Um, and now that they have it, I think he's going to get utilized a lot. Um, you know, you have a pretty decent run game, pretty good offensive line, and a couple decent wide receivers to kind of share the the workload and the pressure. And I think Michael Pittman's going to have great success off of that. I mean, he's got the wingspan, the size, the speed. He's got decent hands to catch the ball.
0: Yeah, goes. He's going to be on the field too, which opportunity is. Oh, great. he's going to be an instant
1: number two on the Colts. Yeah, yeah.
0: For, yeah, for a rookie wide receiver, the opportunity is excellent. He's going to play, like you said. So I, I don't mind Pittman. Yeah. So, all right, go ahead and run through your roster. We'll start with your starting lineup onto your bench. And then, um, yeah, we'll get screenshots posted up of the, our teams to post with the pod tomorrow. So I'll go ahead.
1: So my starting offense at the uh, moment is quarterback Josh Allen, running back Christian McCaffrey and J.K. Dobbins. Uh, wide receivers, Chris Godwin, and DJ Chark, tied in George Kittle, flex player Robert Woods, kicker Justin Tucker, uh, defense Indianapolis Colts. Bench players are Philip Lindsay, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, John Brown, and A.J. Dillon.
0: Very nice. All right, my starting lineup is as follows quarterback, Joe Burrow, running back, Clyde edwards helaire and Todd Gurley wide receivers Devonte Adams and Terry McLaurin tight end is Jonu Smith. Flex is Jonathan Taylor, kicker Mason Crosby defense Tampa Bay. My bench is Ronald Jones, Tyler Boyd, Deontay Johnson, Antonio Gibson and Christian Kirk. So that wraps up our teams. Like I said, I will get some screenshots posted with the pod tomorrow as it drops. We are going to roll with the Friday release at least for a couple weeks and see how things look. Um, as always, follow us on our social media at A to Z F F B. Share it with your friends. The pod has been growing. Our page has been growing in general. It's very exciting. So we really, really do appreciate you guys kind of picking up and coming along with us as we try to figure this out. It's a very crowded space, a lot of really talented people, but they're all phenomenal and they're all really willing to help. So, uh, thank you to the friends we've made along the way. And thank you to the new listeners as you kind of hop on board with A to Z FFB. We really appreciate it. Al, anything you want to send our listeners out with?
1: Uh, The subscribe rate and review is extremely important. So, uh, you know, if you like, like what you hear please do that uh, I know you can do it for sure on Apple pods I'm not sure about Spotify no you can
0: subscribe and follow the pod which would help with the exposure and then you'll kind of be notified every time a new episode drops but Apple podcasts and I think Stitcher if you use that I don't but if you do use Stitcher I think you can review there and just one last plug on the link tree is Apple pods and Anchor and Google Pods, like all of our stuff is now linked in one spot that's pinned to both our Twitter bio and our Instagram bio. Again, the Twitter handle is at A to ffb. The link tree is pinned and you can find everything that we kind of put up right there and it'll take you right to all those pages. So once you pull up the Apple Pods, if that's where you choose to listen, please smack five stars. We'd really appreciate that. If you leave a written review, I think we can start reading those out and uh, giving you guys some shout outs. So leave a name and a written review and we'd really appreciate and love to give you guys some recognition as well. So Rico. Oh yeah, go ahead.
1: Um, I mean, if you're a fan and you subscribe, and you know your mom and dad got iPhones as well. No, we're we're Apple, getting desperate now. <laughs> the Apple Pods app is free. I mean, steal their phones, subscribe rate and review on that bad boy. And then, you know, I don't know. Do whatever you want after that, but yeah, we'd appreciate it. Just let us know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's
0: low. Don't do that unless you really, really feel compelled. But if I you mean, do, man, props. Support
1: but, the pods, guys. I, I, we've, support, yeah. the pods.
0: support the pods. Also, send in questions at A to Z FFB. Twitter, Instagram, DMs are
1: open. In um, two weeks, we are trying to do a mail, another mailbag episode. So those questions will be important. Yeah. We've, rack, we've been racking them up and saving them up. So. I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna send in your question, make it a good one because I ain't reading the no stinkers. I'll tell you that right now.
0: Yep, heavy vetting process. But we'll go ahead and send y'all out. Enjoy your weekend. Um, thanks for kicking it with us. We really appreciate it, and we will see you next time.
1: Later's.